Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in her space. I think that as a country, we are doing ourselves a disservice by not truly looking at that intersectionality of what is really happening for Black women in America, right? Because the reality is that Black women are the backbone of this country. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all of the new beginnings that we have for this year. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace Podcast, and I have a question for you. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know what, I want to start a podcast, but you just haven't taken the leap? If that's you, I got you. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your own podcast from start to finish. I'll teach you how to format your show and pitch great guests. I'll teach you how to stand out in the crowd of nearly 1 million podcasts, but I'm also going to teach you how to get your mind right, okay? We're going to talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome and how to deal with fear on your podcasting journey. So even if you're not tech savvy, it's okay. This masterclass is just for you. So visit terrylomax.com and click on the pink link in the middle of your screen and register for my free podcasting masterclass. Again, that's terrylomax.com. T-E-R-R-I-L-O-M-A-X.com. I hope to see you there. Our quote of the day, Black women's lives have never been shown any value in America. I'm going to say that one more time. Let this sink in. Black women's lives have never been shown any value in America. That quote comes to us from Patrice Cullors, who is one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. Before we dive in to our discussion today, I want to read some statistics about Black women. From the book and database, Invisible No More, 
that speaks about police violence against Black women and women of color. Out of 611 cases of police violence against women, 59% were Black, despite Black people making up 12% of the population. Out of those 611 cases, 46% involved fatal violence. 32% involved physical violence. 20% involved sexual violence. Out of those 611 cases, 31% involved mothers. 18% involved people with disabilities. 7% were motivated by the war on drugs. 7% involved immigrants. 7% involved pregnant people. 7% involved trans people. 5% involved issues of domestic violence. T, we're starting off pretty heavy. Yes, we're starting off heavy. It's been a rough, I would say, past two weeks, but even just a rough 2020 so far, okay? Yeah. It's just been rough. And this is definitely a topic that is starting off rough, but lady, we got you. We are definitely going to end on a positive note this week because we realize there's a lot going on in the world. And this is also a very important conversation that needs to be had. And so when we dive into this conversation, I first want us to acknowledge the names of some of the women we have lost to police violence. So first, um, I just want to talk a little bit about Sandra Bland. There's so many, unfortunately, so many Black women that have been impacted by police violence and murder. And so Sandra Bland, if you don't know, was a 28-year-old African-American woman who died in police custody in Southeast Texas in July of 2015. And literally, I mean, she was stopped for, what was it, a broken taillight or something minor, a minor traffic stop ended up going to jail, and then she just mysteriously died. They say online that she hung herself, which is, I mean, come on now. All the cover-ups that white supremacists and police departments are part of, I mean, I would say she did not harm herself. I think it's pretty evident what happened here, and I believe she was murdered. I agree that we may never know what truly happened, and I think that You know, the unfortunate thing, the disheartening thing, the scary, terrifying thing is that this is not the first time something like this has happened to one of us and probably will not be the last. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. And considering that, I mean, just in March, we have Breonna Taylor, whose birthday would have been this past weekend. And Breonna Taylor was an essential worker. She was an EMT with aspirations to become a nurse. She was one of the people whose daily labor of keeping people safe, we have come to value anew in the age of COVID-19. And in March, in Louisville, Kentucky, police officers killed her after their choice to serve a no-knock warrant in plain clothes after midnight. And I believe they shot up her home, and I believe she was shot about eight times or so, and she was sleeping. I mean, when you think about stuff like that, it's just like the thing that got me with that story too, Dom, is the fact that the man that they were allegedly looking for, he had just been brought into custody. 
So while this man, he's literally in custody, you have what you're looking for, you decide to serve a no-knock warrant in plain clothes after midnight and shoot and kill an innocent Black woman who was sleeping. She had done nothing. She was literally helping the world. She was an essential worker, someone that we need in the world right now, right? It astonishes me because as you were recounting what happened to her, I couldn't help but flash back to stories that we have heard of Black women during slavery, during the civil rights era, lying in bed and their doors being kicked in. And for what? What usually ends up happening to them? Some sort of violence at the hands of, during slavery, it was the slave owner. You know, during the civil rights era, it was the KKK or the police. At what point will we get to a space where we truly can feel safe in our own homes? That is the question, Dom. And I do want to state a few of the other names. We have Corinne Gaines. We have Miriam Carey. Shanique Proctor. Ayanna Stanley Jones. Katherine Johnston, Yvette Smith, and the list goes on and on, unfortunately. And Dom, I guess the question I have for you is, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people post on social media about how they are either shocked or surprised that George Floyd's death has caused the worldwide outrage that it's caused. I think for us as a Black community, we're like, uh, no, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Like we've been going through this for so long, you know? And I know that some people are sharing Breonna Taylor's name. I saw Solange, shout out to Solange. I think she tagged some of the police officials in Louisville and and asked them like, hey, are y'all going to arrest the men that murdered Breonna Taylor because they hadn't been arrested. And this happened in March. I believe they have been brought into custody at this point. But when you think about that, Don, why do you think that we can name off so many Black men that have been murdered by police officers, but many people can't name Black women to the same degree? I have my theories. I don't have like an academic, educated answer right now, per se. But one of the things that comes up for me in that regard is the conversation around the intersectionality of being a Black woman. And in the term intersectionality was actually coined by a Black woman. Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, who is currently a law professor, and she coined that term to look at how As Black women, particularly at the time in corporate America, how we are often forced to choose between being Black or being a woman. And I think that it is easy for people to kind of compartmentalize and look at oh, here's the plight of all women, or here's the plight of all Black people. And forget that for Black women, we are in both, right? Mm -hmm. And if we are being asked to choose just being Black, then oftentimes what happens is 
focusing just on black identity is often centered around what it means to be a black male. Mm. And then if we say, okay, well, I'm going to focus on my identity as a woman, then oftentimes the conversations center around things that involve uplifting white women. And so black women, we are often placed in positions where we have to choose one or the other. And no matter which one we choose, we still are not fully seen. That's a really good point. I think about what it really means to be a Black woman in this country right now. And for us to truly look at the harm and the trauma that Black women encounter, it would really force us to have to dismantle racism and sexism, right? And when as a country we're being asked to look at racism, that means that we can easily kind of say, okay, well, racism is a big deal. Let's not, sexism, we'll get to that later, right? Or we can say, you know what? Well, let's focus on sexism and then put racism to the side. Mm. I think that as a country, we are doing ourselves a disservice by not truly looking at that intersectionality of what is really happening for Black women in America, right? Because the reality is that Black women are the backbone of this country. Better preach, girl. Tell it. We've said it on previous episodes, you know, that there are a lot of things that this country benefits from thanks to Black women, right? So... When you think of famous Black women, who are the names that come to mind? And why do those names come to mind? You know, one that easily comes to mind is Harriet Tubman. We know Harriet Tubman for leading the Underground Railroad and also working as a spy during the Civil War. So if we just step back and look at that, look at what Harriet Tubman did. This Black woman risked her life to save others, right? To bring others to freedom. We know Rosa Parks was given credit for starting the Montgomery bus boycott. But what's often not talked about is that 15-year-old Claudette Colvin actually refused to give up her seat on the bus before Rosa Parks did. And so even at the tender age of 15, you have Black women, Black girls, because she's underage, black girls stepping forward, taking bold, brave moves to fight and advocate for black people. That's right. You know who I think about, Dom? I think about, I forgot what the documentary is called. I think it was The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. But I think about Henrietta Lacks. And even in her death, she has changed the medical industry. And if you don't know, lady, definitely look her up. Henrietta Lacks was an African-American woman whose cancer cells are the source of the HeLa cell line. And these were the first immortalized human cell lines and one of the most important cell lines in medical research. And basically what had happened was, okay, in 1951, she 
was diagnosed with terminal cervical cancer. She was treated at Johns Hopkins University and a doctor named George Gay snipped cells from her cervix without telling her. And he discovered that her cells could not only be kept alive, but they would grow indefinitely. And so her cells are still being used today for various vaccinations like polio and I believe even in HIV. I don't know if it's medicine or something like that, but do your research, lady. And the thing about it is her cells have been commercialized and have generated millions of dollars in profit for the medical researchers who patented her tissue and the family was not compensated for what they did. Little stuff like that, right? They don't tell us that. We have to learn it on our own, but it's not even a little thing. That's so much greater than when you think about the way Black women are treated, right, Dom? Right. And you think about Henrietta Lacks and all the contributions that we've made. It's like our impact is so much greater than they would like us to think, right? They would make us think this is, oh, just a little note in history, but it's like, ah, no, this changed the game for the medical industry. So her family should be compensated and this story should be shared broadly. Like everyone should know about this. Everyone, everyone. And I think, you know, so Zora Neale Hurston was quoted as saying, black women are the mules of the world. When I hear that quote, what that means to me is that everything gets done because of us. Like we bear the brunt of the heavy labor, right? We do the heavy lifting. And I think about like where we are right now in this current state of affairs in this country. And I think about the number of black women that I have just in casual conversation as we're processing all of what's happening. How many of us have said, yeah, my boss or my coworker or someone reached out to me and they asked me to provide them with resources or they asked me to read over and approve the list of resources that they're coming up mm. with to be anti-racist or to be allies. Uh-oh. So once again, we are being asked to do the work. And I'm sorry, lady, depending on where you are in your racial identity development, where you are in your emotional intelligence, where you are in this moment of processing this racial trauma, know that you do not have to do that work. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Just our presence is enough because as black women, how we naturally show up in spaces means that shit's going to get done, right? Means that the heavy questions are going to be asked, that things are going to get organized, the hand-holding, the empathy, all of that is going to take place because we're the givers and we're the doers. And we've been like that. Tom, quick question for you. What do you love about being a Black woman? Oh, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> I was just thinking in my mind, like, hmm, what's my love about being black? Because I love it. it. Yes, we have this plight in this, ooh, this world is hard on us, but what do we love about it? And that is a fantastic question because <laughs> what I love about being black, I love our resourcefulness. We have this amazing talent in being able to make lemonade out of lemons, right? Mm. 
you know, Beyonce had a whole album about it, (laughs) about how we can take the worst of the worst, something that was meant for our detriment and turn that shit around and make it the best thing since sliced bread that everybody now wants a piece of. Yes. I mean, that's just one of many things I could go on, but that's one of many things that I love about being a black woman. What about you? That's a good one, Dom. I think, I mean, there are a few that come to mind. I would definitely say my brown skin. Like, I just love my, I don't even know what color, like, I don't even know what to compare it to, but just my melanated skin. I just love it. I love the versatility of my hair. I love my resilience. You know, when I think about the fact that we are not supposed to be here today, like that was not part of white supremacy's plan, you know, for us to make it this far. And the fact that our ancestors fought and they made it and they allowed us to stand on their shoulders and to be here. I mean, I love that. I think that's incredible. And I do believe in that generational strength transfer through our DNA. So yeah, I would say that, Dom, I think you hit the nail on the head with the resourcefulness, the innovation, our connection to spirituality. And even though I don't think it's fair that the Black woman is always sort of thrust into this matriarchal role because the burden is heavy, you know, it's not fair to always have to be the one that's putting everyone else's you know, dreams and goals before your own and taking care of everyone else. That's not healthy and it's not fair, but many of us, we assume that role. And so that strength, I appreciate the strength. I don't think it's always right to put us in that role, but the fact that we show up and we make shit happen. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yes. You know, I think about how brilliant we are, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, I think about the four black women that were featured in Hidden Figures. You know, you have yes, black mathematicians, right? Mm-hmm. When we are being told that STEM is not for us, but here we are outshining everybody, right? We were behind, right. black women were behind getting the first man on the moon, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. And so I think that our level of brilliance just allows us to flourish and allows those we interact with to flourish as well. I think that our level of creativity, you know, think about Ava DuVernay and Mm -hmm. the films that she has put out that have forced a nation to look at how. Black people are treated, right? And she does it in a way that's just words can't really describe how wonderful, how easy it seems that it flows for her, right? Yeah. You have creatives like Beyonce and Solange, right? Who are masters at their art forms. You have amazing women like Oprah Winfrey, who was born in the Delta of Mississippi. And what we know about the history of the Delta of Mississippi is that she really wasn't supposed to be where she is right now. We have women like Michelle Obama, who was the first lady, I mean, my forever first lady. We have women like Elaine Brown, who was 
the woman behind the Black Panther Party, one of the eminent leaders of the Black Panther Party, that her name is often not mentioned when we think about the Black Panther Party. We have dope-ass women like Angela Davis. We have amazing writers like Toni Morrison and Bell Hooks. And I could go on, but I mean, you, but you see, yes. we are just so brilliant. Dom, one thing I do want to point out is that, and this is not to toot our own horn, ladies, but it's important to note that, you know, Dom and I, if you've listened to our podcast since the beginning, we literally just had an idea. We wanted to do something for our community. We started this podcast on our own from scratch. The man wasn't involved. Like we didn't, we literally just started this two black women, right? And we just hit half a million downloads, I think last month or in the past two weeks or so. And we just posted it on our Instagram. But Dom, I think that's such a big deal because I think that sometimes we get this programming that, oh, in order for me to be successful, in order for me to make it, air quotes, I have to go through the man or I have to go through this or I have to sacrifice this or I have to, you know, do this thing. And it's like, yo, we can actually like the world, the way that the world is set up today in this digital space, we can just show up and be our authentic selves and walk on our purpose and we can make shit happen on our own, you know? The, the playing field has definitely been leveled in many ways. And so I hope that we can be an inspiration to you, Lily. Like we don't have anything special that you don't have within you. You know what I mean? This is possible for you, whatever that realm is that you want to go and dominate and exercise and give back to the community. And that's possible for you. Yes, yes. And as we figure out and try to identify ways in which we can uplift one another and be there for one another and show solidarity for other Black women, I would say that there are a few things that we are suggesting. One is to support Black women-owned businesses. And we'll have a couple of links in the show notes for you to find different Black-owned, women-owned businesses in your area that you can find a way to support. And um. Real quick, I just want to add a little side note here. Another thing to note, and this was a learning experience for me. So in April, I think April was like the, in the midst of this pandemic, right? This was when it was really bad for everyone. and Things weren't even opening up yet. I had one of the most successful months in my business, Dom. And it was based on all Black customers. And for me, that just showed me like, wow, if we could just go in and support one another and continue to circulate the Black dollar within our community, imagine how we can all elevate. I mean, that was so mind-boggling for me because I was like, whoa, I can really do this in my community. My community sold into me and I'm sewing into them by giving them the knowledge that I'm teaching about branding and social media and all that. So I think that is a testament to what we can do when we come together and we support one another in business. Yes, I am with it. That is a, thank you for sharing that. That's a great example <laughs> of how we do that, right? How we yes. and support one another. Another yes. tip is to hold each other accountable without public shaming. You know, we talk about cancel culture a lot. And I say we as in black folks, we talk about cancel culture a lot. And I think that as Black women, there are ways in which we can hold one another accountable without shaming that person publicly. And I'm talking about fellow Black women. Talking about... Dom, I have a question. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Okay, so it's funny that you say this because I've actually been thinking about this. And one of the questions I've been asking myself as I create resources for our community, it's around what do we do when there are sabotagers, coons, and Black people that don't mean Black people any good? Because unfortunately, there are some of them out there, Black women and men, right? And just people in general who don't mean us any good and who are fighting for the other side. I'm not going to call the sister out, but lady, if you've been following the news, you probably know well, who I'm referring to. Yeah. You know who I'm referring to, Don? Yes, I'm still trying to debate. And that's the reason I'm not going to say her name right now is because I'm still trying to debate what would make me feel like solid as far as like coming out to speak about these things because there was another black man as well who had said some I'm just gonna say he said some BS about black supremacy and something like that. And I was just like, okay, what do we do when black people are off the chain and they just doing something totally out of line and out of hand, especially in the digital space where they're posting this stuff publicly? I don't know the answer to this, but Don, what do you think? Like what is your what's coming up for you around that? Because it's tough. I feel like sometimes I mean, I wouldn't recommend public shaming, but at the same time, I'm like, well, they do need to be held accountable. So what do we do? So I think we're going to have to have a whole separate episode on cancel culture, right? And we can fully Mm -hmm. dive into that. But my initial thought is that it depends on who the person is, right? So if it's a person that you are close to, then that's when you reach out privately and have that conversation with them, make them aware of what information you have come across or how something they have said or done publicly is making you feel or might be having a negative impact, right? So you have that private conversation. And then if it's someone that's like a public figure, then I would still hope that the people who are in their circles, who are close enough to them, and in their circles, meaning also in their network, right? So my hope would be that this woman that we're talking about who shall remain nameless. Yes. My hope would be that other black women journalists and other black women in media may have made attempts to reach out to her, to pull her in and have that sister girl conversation, that intervention that we do with our friends when we are concerned about them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the reality is that society in general, white supremacy in general, does enough to make us feel like shit. Mm-hmm. That we don't have to do it to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. But I do want to acknowledge that there are layers to this, right? So you have someone who outright murdered people, and there's clear evidence that this person murdered someone or we have someone who is out here clearly raping and engaging in sexual misconduct with women when you have someone who's out here like violating human rights public shaming may be the way to go but now that's solid yeah mm-hmm. when we have someone who's just voicing opinions that are different from our own and while those opinions may be harmful because of the platform that they have i don't think mm-hmm. that publicly shaming them cuz we already know that white supremacy is doing damage to them as it is right yeah and so i think it's about pulling them in close and reaching out privately I respect that, Dom. I think that was a good answer. And I am looking forward to us diving in deeper on this topic because in these times, I think that is a topic that we got to dive into. 
I, but I don't I, want to interrupt the flow. Oh no, you're good. I would agree. <laughs> another, another, yes. <laughs> another tip is random acts of kindness. So, you know, at one point I remember, I don't remember if it was like a year ago, six months ago, but there was like this, this random act of kindness thing where it was like calling for women to like send their friend $5 for coffee, right? Or to be a part of this gifting chain where you mail a letter to someone and it has a small gift in it. Once they receive their gifts, then they are responsible for sending out like five small gifts to other five black women. Just doing random acts like that of just spreading the kindness. I love it. Like imagine how that would feel personally, you know, outside of like, no, because most of my bills are like through email now, paperless billing. Like I don't really get a lot of mail, right? And so think about how you might feel if you check your mail and there's like a small gift in there, something you weren't expecting from someone, right? Just the small joy that that might bring you. And then to be able to pass that joy on to others. That's about us cultivating our own joy, right? And then the last tip that I have is to, and this kind of flows into the random act of kindness, but it's to compliment a black woman that you don't know. You're standing in line at the grocery store, social distancing, of course. And actually, this just happened to me actually recently. I was in the grocery store and I was Mm -hmm. wearing a t-shirt from my university. It says young, black and educated. And another black woman was walking by and she said, I just want to tell you that that T-shirt is so dope. And I'm just in the grocery store minding my business. And she's just giving me and I and I wear this shirt often because like I I love it. Right. And so for her to acknowledge that, like that one little compliment to someone she doesn't even know, you know, we spend a lot of time tearing each other down. And so to compliment a woman that you don't know is to me a sign of your own space that you're in and a way to uplift someone. And you don't even know the positive impact that it may have on their day. You don't know what they might be going through, but they may be wearing like a dope dress that day. And you like, Hey sis, I love your dress. Or they just got a new haircut, you know? And it's like, it's new for them. And you're just randomly walking by and you see them and you're like, I love your haircut. Like your hair is like just is beautiful. That's uplifting for them. Right. And so just being able to give those little random acts of kindness and complimenting someone you don't know is one of many ways in which we can uplift one another as black women and pour into ourselves because the rest of society really isn't. I love that tip, Tom. Yep. I was just about to ask, do you have any that you want to add? You know what? I wouldn't add any. I would just say, I love, love, love that last one. They were all really good. I just always love to give compliments just to people that I know, people that I don't know. But one thing I usually do on on my Instagram, if I'm feeling like really, really good, my vibration is super high and I'm just overflowing with love, I'll post a picture or something and I'll ask all the women to 
leave a comment below if they want some good vibes. And then I'll go to their page, look at their page and just send them like a beautiful message that's just genuine, catered to them, customized. And it just makes me feel so good to do that for other people. And yeah, girl, we need to love on each other more. Women that you know, women that you don't know. I mean, it's important. We got to celebrate one another. Yes, yes. Celebrating ourselves because who else will? We have to lead the way, right? So just to recap, how we can show up and show out for one another. First is to support Black women-owned businesses. Next is to hold each other accountable without public shaming. Third is to engage in random acts of kindness. And the fourth one is to compliment Black women you don't know. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the HerSpace podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Thanks for joining us today in Herspace. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. There's something inside of me that's bigger than any obstacle. We'll see you next week, lady.